Blessings family, you are now tuned in to the Grown Table Podcast and Octavian Collective Production. This is a show where my co-host Jerome and I, Darnell, sit down and try to digest some current events and hot-button topics cooking up in our culture and society. We wanted to give you a heads up that this episode is a little spicier in terms of some of the colorful language used during conversation. Listening further is at your own advised discretion. With that out of the way, we hope that you brought your appetite and enjoy your taste of what we'll be serving. Welcome to our table. follow up at a later date <laughs> <laughs> and we're back at the grown table today is a special day we have our our brother introduce yourself you i know we've obviously recorded with you before but you've never actually officially been on one of the spotify episodes or the or the official episode actually that's not that's not even obvious because no one really like <laughs> knows that we really recorded those episodes prior to us actually launching that is yeah true. man uh one of the ogs mm. yes know? sir no nah, i mean uh my name is addison so just happy to be on the podcast and I'm um, looking forward to whatever we're about to get into. See how it's going to unfold. Mm, it's about to be crazy. So where are we in history right now with so many things that's going on? Because we recall back in high school, middle school, whatever, right? That we were taught about all these things that happened back in the day. And the funny part about it is that we learn about it in school, but I have a question for you guys. Did any of you guys actually speak to your folks or your grandparents about what 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 happened during those times? I actually did not. That's one thing I sort of like regret about the relationship that me and my parents have is I never asked them that much about their life. I hope when I have children that it's one thing I'll be able to say, oh, I, I lived through the coronavirus. Here's what your textbook says, but here's what like sort of was actually going on. Here's how everyone felt about it. Half the state felt like people that were wearing masks were clowns and half the state wanted to wear a mask. And that's not what a history book is going to tell you. So um, I am not well versed in history. I, I really am not, especially about what went on in my parents' generation, you know. But you can definitely tell your kids about what you experienced directly. You can speak about mm-hmm. your history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen too often. I don't, I don't I don't ask my parents too often about what happened back in the day. I kind of want to get you guys' mind, like your your thoughts. Like what how does the world look to you right now? So I'll first point out by saying objectively, we're probably in the best place in history that we've ever been in. Even though, you know, I know they just said that the record for the highest average gas prices have been broken at like four something uh, a, a gallon, and that was uh, I think it was back in like two thousand eight that the 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 record stood before um, it was broken. You know, a week ago. Objectively, we are in the best place ever in history, but subjectively, I would say we are in the lowest place in history. So I would ask anyone before they give the answer to pick your poison. What's more important, the sentiments and how the American people feel or what's actually in the pockets and the objects and stuff that the American people have, if that makes sense? Well, I mean, I think it's important to, like, everything is a cycle, you know what I mean? So maybe we're on, like, uh, the down part of one cycle, but overall, we are better than the past. Mm, break that down, you know break I mean? that down, because both of you guys have alluded to that same thought. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, I think, uh, I mean, I, I, you can't really show this, you know, from, like, me speaking, but if you look at, like, kind of like a, I don't know, like a coil or something like that, mm. that goes up, it's just, things get better, and then they get worse, then we recover, we learn from that, and then they get better. And then with each iteration, you know, you're you're going up, like up mm. a mountain. But there's cycles where it's like they're gonna get better, then they're gonna get worse, and then when you're in the middle of it, obviously things are if 
things are going to be getting worse for maybe your generation or you, but overall, as a society or as a generation, as human beings, we're collectively getting better, but it's just going to be like those cycles. You know what I mean? So I think, I think we're on the downward mm-hmm. shift of one of the cycles, but I think to keep it optimistic, we're still trending upwards. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things. It's just hard to see the grand scheme of things when you're worried about bills and like, oh, shit, you know, like, I just paid $40 for to fill up my tank on a, on a Honda. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, that's insane. When last year I was paying like twenty dollars, and it's like, oh, the world is burning, you know? Yeah. It's like no, this is more like a temporary thing. Yeah, like, it, yeah, like, like it's, things are gonna get better. It's just gonna take some time. It's gonna suck right now, but it'll it'll pass, you know. Now I have a question for you. What do you see as that upward mobility? Like, what is it that we should do? Do you think that we should be looking forward to at the end of this? This tightness because we've just, we we in Florida have mm-hmm. are transitioning. I mean, how much transitioning was really being done? But transitioning from the COVID era now into this Ukraine Russia fallout era, mm-hmm. Cold War Part Two ish. But it's like, what are we looking forward to on the other end of this? How long is it gonna last? Like, are we expecting to see a Cold War in the sense that that our parents grew up in? You know, grandparents uh, um, were were starting families in. You know what I mean? Afraid of like World War Three and stuff like that. Yeah, like the Cuban Missile Crisis stuff and all that. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard for me to answer this because going back to the objectivity versus subjectivity, I'd want to ask, and I promise you, I'll answer your question. Is I think how I answer your question depends on again, what do you actually care about more do you care about the objectivity or do you care about the subjectivity how americans feel i tend to think and as as pessimistic as it sounds that the american people right now have very little to be optimistic about and to look forward to because at the end of the day it's just a fact that most of the money that was print i mean i see inflation as one of the topics that you know we're on the notes let's just be real it's like inflation is caused by the devaluing of currency, the American dollar, dollar, and a whole bunch of money was printed during COVID, but that money didn't go to the average American person. It went to major corporations and all that. So, and, and, and Darnell, I know you know about this way more than I do, so you know you can correct me, and you probably will correct me, but it's like, it's like so inflation... So technically, the average American person now has to pay for the fact that corporations, major corporations, were bailed out and that the value of the dollar is weaker. It just absolutely makes no sense. And I'm not a political guy, but I understand statistics and numbers. It makes no sense why this is happening, To if that makes sense. So, sorry. Well, well ultimately, I believe that it's, it's to make sure that people aren't losing a certain amount of money that? as opposed to the value. So if the if the US dollar lost a quarter of its value yesterday, I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I am charging enough to account for that quarter that yeah. I lost. So I'm gonna tack on that extra quarter on top of the dollar that I'm charging for something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the dollar store. <laughs> Pretty much. They're a dollar twenty-five now. <laughs> like literally. No, they, yeah, they, the dollar twenty-five. Dollar twenty-five store. <laughs> so that that's kind of what I I see us going to, and that's just gonna continue to add on to the inflation because once you start making a dollar twenty five, are you really gonna be okay about you know cutting back to the dollar amount? No. Yeah. Let's exactly. think about when we were in high school. The McDouble used to be an actual dollar. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. Those, yeah. Those were the days. They used to have the two for uh, the two for a dollar apple pies. Now they each cost like a dollar twenty nine. I'm like. <laughs> What? That don't even make no sense. But but yeah, it, it's it's like I, I just tend me and Edison were talking about this earlier. I don't see how the like 
the price of things can keep increasing and there's just no answers for it or people are not because they're already not okay with it, but people accept it. And, and, and let me make one thing very clear before I give the microphone to, to, to you guys. Wages. You make it sound like we don't have three are, microphones set up in here. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Wages are cost. I know Republicans always throw that in the liberals' faces. A lot of liberals don't understand that. They're like, oh, well, why doesn't wages go up? And I agree with Republicans. Wages technically are costs to companies. But again, rewind this a couple minutes ago and go back to what I said. The corporations got most of the money, you know, during this whole thing. But who in the corporations got most of the money? So, so Ooh, yes, yes. Because this is coming from the perspective of, uh, of an entrepreneur. Yeah, budding, yeah. budding entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like, yes, there's, there's a cost. But I get to pick and choose if I take a salary first or last. Okay. And I get to pick and choose how much that salary is. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I'm the person who signs the check at the end of the day. Of course, of course. So if I'm the one who picks and chooses where that money goes and how much of it goes, whether I'm the first or the last person to get paid out of that pot, Mm Mm-hmm. Accountability has to fall on my head when there's an inequitable balance. Yeah. Into where that money is being distributed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where we see the bigger issue, in my opinion. There is no reason why in people's taxes for 2021, the 2020 stimulus package that was passed mm-hmm. under the, the Biden administration mm-hmm. shouldn't have never gotten taken out of our 2021 wages. That didn't happen under Trump for certain, for people who made a certain amount. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it was weird for me because I actually got my stimulus checks with my taxes that year. So I'm talking about this year's taxes. Oh, this year's ta- Oh, maybe I did. The sixteen hundred oh, wow. gets taken oh, okay. get, uh the fourteen hundred gets taken off. Wow. Okay. I didn't even realize well, what, it. what do you mean it gets taken off? They basically said we fronted you your tax money back in the day when we sent you your fourteen hundred. Now that you're doing your taxes and we're past COVID, we're taking that away from what we were supposed to be giving you. Yeah, I, I believe it. That didn't happen under Trump. Yeah. For a lot of people. And this is where I wish I knew more about taxes because I just get on TurboTax, put up yeah, my information, I, I, and I, I, look I at the number at the end. But I believe I you. Did, I did TurboTax, too. I believe too. you. They kept asking you about that $1,400 uh, check, and I was just like, yeah, I got it. That was it. <laughs> they should have said no. They, and they knocked that off. <laughs> oh, really? <I'm, laughs> go back and look at, take a look. I'm pretty sure they knocked that but, off. But if I if I would have said no. And yeah, I but, got, uh, yeah. Oh, well, the last thing go. you want is for them to come yeah. after you. Because here's the thing. Yeah. The IRS has enough capability to come after you for that $1,400, but they won't necessarily go after yeah. pick a billionaire. Yeah, of course. For the one point, et cetera, yeah. that they may, they may owe, you know. They they will tell you that there's not enough resources for them to uh, uh, yeah. um, handle them lawyers <laughs> exactly and deal with the CPAs and all that other stuff. Well, that's kind of changing with uh, the whole Trump situation, but we will circle back on that another day. Yeah, but in terms of today, hey hey, I I I want to bring up one more point before we move on. Uh, um, this whole gas, this whole gas phenomenon with that's happening right now. And I, I'm, I'm going to sound very ignorant. And this isn't from a political economic standpoint. This is from a statistical standpoint. Gas was 330 last week. And it was like three or four days in a row where it went up by 30 cents every single day. I don't understand how inflation works like that. It's like if there's a price of gas, why didn't it just go to 440 the next day? And here, here's here's my thing. I feel more like this isn't actual inflation. I feel like this is gas companies saying this is the perfect time for us to just raise prices and do whatever we want. And when one or a couple of gas major, I mean, they're all under one company. Like there's one that owns probably like 10 different gas stations. And when one person does it, everyone else is like, well, they're doing it. So we'll do it too. Again, 
I don't know much about economics at all, but it just makes no sense. Inflation doesn't work like every single day the price of something raises. Well, so I just want you guys' opinions this on that. Is just like, uh, like supply and demand? I want to say no. I say I want to say this. What we're seeing right now, and I think what I'm so angry about, and not so angry, but you know what I mean, is that this doesn't follow typical supply and demand, classical conventional economic theory. And, and again, I, I'm going on a rant here. This is the problem. I love capitalism. What I don't like is crony capitalism. When you have corporations working with the government in order to make sure, and obviously military industrial complex, blah, blah, blah. What just happened this past two weeks is not okay. It, it It's just, it doesn't make any sense how something, the price of something increased by 40% over two weeks. It's, it's criminal. I like, I, I know I'd say that word a lot, but it's, well, it should be criminal. I mean, like I'm ignorant about this. Why, I am too, to be why, fair. So I only understand the numbers. The, uh, what is the justification for the price of gas increasing? Thank you. I want to know that. No, no, like I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do you guys, do you guys know what is it? Does it have to do with the war? I can give you Russia theories. and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Do we rely on uh, like Russian gas and Russian oil? Was that the reason? Mm-hmm. Yes. So well, there we go. Russia produces over 10 million gallons of oil per day. Mm-hmm. The European Union itself, I'm pretty sure 40% of their oil market is dominated by Russian oil. Mm-hmm. That can easily get shut off. Okay, like that. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not. It won't happen. Of course not. You know, because we're we're talking about, I think roughly over three hundred million dollars worth of oil um, being moved every day. Mm-hmm. You know, with pipelines directly being built from Russia into Europe, specifically for, to transport gas directly. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. plays that balancing game between the amount of money that um that uh, the amount of oil that gets produced in the U.S. the mm-hmm. amount of oil that gets placed into strategic reserves, the amount of oil that is purchased strategically from the OPEC nations, from the, uh, um, from Venezuela. Now, apparently they're trying to, yeah, they're they're trying to reestablish some, some ties that were cut underneath, um, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, it, that, that whole scenario in terms of gas with Venezuela is very complicated. Okay. You would not be able to break it down and do justice here okay. today. I need to have to go back and... Yeah, of course. So, uh, so what's going on with uh, oil in general? Can't we uh, produce our own oil? So we do currently produce our own oil, but it's not enough to maintain gas prices the way that they currently are. And here's the biggest thing. Gas prices are currently heavily subsidized. As is, and, and what, what do you mean by that specifically? The United States government pays for a lot of the the gas for it to be as low as it currently is. Really, I didn't yes. know that. In fact, it's it's uh this is actually very common with a lot of our foods. Yeah, I knew, our, I knew a lot the of foods, other goods yeah, are are foods. heavily subsidized in order for us as general Americans to be able to afford it because the actual wow. prices that are being set by the the, yeah. the corporate the, the the corporate entities are so astronomical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That the government itself has to take our tax money and subsidize that, so we lose wow. more money in terms of our taxes for those who actually pay, you know, for <laughs> full price for the taxes. Let's just call it what it is yeah. for those who pay full price for their taxes, mm-hmm. which is everyone here, everyone, everyone in, in this room, room. Yeah, yeah, in this in this room. In this room. Yeah. So yeah. I mean. <laughs> Just letting the IRS know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Trust love me, it. they know. It, they will tell you that it's, it's the other. Yeah, the IRS other, know. Yeah, who's, the other who's, entities. Who's they, dodging they don't know. taxes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but us? Oh, no, no. All those fake charities that are set up. The IRS know what's going on. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. No, but I, I, I did not know that. I know that when it comes to food, that happens a lot. But I didn't know that was for oil. So, interesting. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, and another thing to kind of tack onto it, do not look at the gas prices as some type of gauge for inflation. 
it's just like people looking at the stock market as a as some type of gauge on the health of uh, the actual economy. Guess what? A lot of a lot of people made a lot of money in this in, in the stock yeah. market, but there was a lot of people who lost their homes and and rental apartments oh. and stuff like that during the pandemic. Okay, interesting, interesting. So it's it's it's, high, it's hard for someone to sit here and tell me like, "Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the 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 economy is very healthy because the stock market is up." Well, the stock market is up today. It was down yesterday. Yeah. So are you going to tell me that the economy is just randomly up and down on a daily basis? Yeah. No, that's not how it, this yeah, works. Yeah, it's impossible for it to work. That makes a lot of sense. And it, and sense. And, I, and don't forget the stock market and gas prices all based on what? Speculation. That is true. That so is if true. you see it just going up and down like that, dude, it's all it's all on the basis of speculation for oil that hasn't even arrived here. Interesting. That hasn't even been processed and refined. Yeah. Okay, I never thought of it like that. Hey there, family. We hope you are enjoying the meal so far and are glad you made it to this point in the episode. Look at you. In all seriousness, this project is just one brick of what we're building here at the Octavian Collective, and we greatly appreciate you being a part of this journey with us. We are envisioning a multimedia partnership that fosters a space for critical, but also creative thinking. We hope that you engage with us and show your support for the different projects we'll be launching over the next couple of months. Stay up to date with us through our Instagram page at TLC Social and check out some of our upcoming content and in-house instrumentals on our YouTube channel, The Octavian Collective. Links will be left in the show notes to help you get there. Thank you again for your support and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, so getting back into the topic of what like has been going on terms of like us the world etc we're floridians florida has been in the headlines in terms of the news <laughs> as always as always i mean I, you, you pick and choose your florida man things but it's another thing when you the florida man is your governor ron DeSantis with the whole covid thing ron DeSantis with the abortion bill thing ron DeSantis with the don't say gay bill thing ron DeSantis is on a roll isn't he yeah he's really out here He's, Ron, Ron Santos, twenty twenty four. Yeah, he's gonna try and run for but, president. Um, I, I do have a question. What is he's uh, up for re-election well, actually, this year? When, when it comes to DeSantis, now that you mentioned all of these things, I have so many questions. What did he do with kids at USF? What What is the <laughs> oh, don't What is it don't say gay bill? Because we literally had a walkout. Uh, I'm not gonna say that. Really? That, 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 oh yeah, yeah. We had a walkout, and I was like, "What is What is that? What don't say gay?" Wow. Okay, it's interesting that obviously I'll, all I'll say is you're I, a teacher as, and you. It's, what? it's affected. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> um, you know what? Nah, I don't. Get <laughs> so what? Yeah, what is that? Because as you know, I tend to keep to myself. I don't really pay attention to any of these this stuff mm -hmm. so yeah i, I really want to know what is that because i tried looking it up but it was very vague as to what what that was about so apparently it is a proposal well it's a bill now um by the gop controlled leg florida legislature of course um the bill that was sponsored by joe harding um, it states that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with some standards. Parents would be able to sue districts over violations to that type of law. Now, at face value, a lot of people sit here and say, like, yeah, I don't want my kid to be hearing about anything other than the relationship that I have in my own home or that I am willing to speak to my own kid about, mm -hmm. you know, from grades K through three. However, where things get tricky is the ability for school districts to get sued. Yeah. Over yeah. what can potentially be construed as trying to introduce something about sexuality or sexual orientation. Well, I think that's I. It. I think that's fair. I think 
See, the thing is, it's all about the how. It's never really about the the what in these bills because they have to be enforced a certain way, and that's where additional mm-hmm. codes and uh, of enforcement come into play. Yeah, I think it always gets tricky when you talk about like laws because, like, even like First Amendment. And, you know, when you talk about, like, freedom of speech, it's like, well, yeah, it can protect you from the legal criminal system, but it can't uh, defend you against a court of public opinion. So it's it's always gets tricky with, like, what and how do we enforce these certain rules or laws? I know that sounds very weird. And I do believe that, like, you should separate the court of public opinion. Like people should be able to drag you down in the mud and do whatever. So as long as you stay out of, as long as legally you stay out of the jail or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I honestly don't know how to feel about the bill. However, I will say one thing. I would hope that people separate their feelings about DeSantis from how they feel about this bill. What what is the intent of the bill? Oh. So here's the thing. The, uh, this is where progressives have asked questions about the language that is written into the bill. Mm-hmm. Because again, you're talking about how do people interpret it? Well, if, when you and I can't agree on an, on an interpretation, what do we do? We take it to the courts. Yeah. So what many Democrats have argued was that the language of the bill, particularly in terms of the phrases of classroom instruction and age appropriate air quotes on those state on those phrases could be interpreted as broad enough to apply to any grade and could, and could open districts to law schools, uh, lawsuits from parents who believe that any conversation could be inappropriate. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing. That's why the language actually matters. So that's, uh, that's very vague, isn't it? It is, and that's and it's intentional. It all sounds good in right, principle, yeah. but it's intent. So let's think about it. All men are created equal. Yeah. Like, like that, within proper context of when it's written, what does it really that, mean? Oh my God, that sounds like a lawyer's wet dream right there. Not even just an attorney's <laughs> wet dream, but anybody who, who, who at least understands like the usage of language and rhetoric. Yeah, and which co- language can be. Twisted in so many ways. Exactly. Now, here's in in a, in the United States where messaging, marketing, and all of that is 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 paramount among uh, uh, above any and everything. What is it that we can sit here and say about, let's say, the miseducation of people to where there's there's multiple definitions for words, mm-hmm. even within proper context. Yeah, there's so many specificities that it it creates a certain level of complexity that gives people wiggle room to be able to justify, you know, carrying out things that we believe should be more easy, more easy logic, more A to B as opposed to so, A to Q. So I don't the, know if I'm making any sense when the, I say that. The people that oppose this bill, what what are they opposing? That you don't get an entire picture of who they are as it, it I sort of feel like it's similar to maybe like um how black people feel about the teaching of black history mm-hmm. that that's that's you a know, that maybe. that's something that you can kind of it's not the perfect to, analogy but it's a but little it's clo- bit way. it's closer it's closer yeah what well, what about it? I will uh, I will I, say I don't, I don't know no, how, no, 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 I don't fine. know how black people feel about no the, no I know you know, like history you're generally asking questions I, I tend to lean a little bit more right than the average black person so I am just gonna give you my opinion and how the average black person feels you might have to interpolate you believe you feel oh yeah yeah true I tend to believe as a black man that I don't want a white person in a perfect world a white person would just be able to see me as a person we don't have to have a conversation about our differences or anything like that just treat me as a person however 
the the fact that you might not see me as an equal person to you, now I have to start talking about our differences and bring up this. It, it's sort of a means to an end now because you off the bat don't see me as a we wouldn't have to have conversations if you just saw me as a normal person. You get what I'm saying? So I think a lot of what black people sort of is the way I feel, but this is where me and black people overlap is that <laughs> you can't silence a certain level of speech. I believe that a lot of these problems shouldn't be talked about. I do believe that if I was a, a gay, if I was a trans person or blah, 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 I would ideally want them to feel that way. Like, okay, this bill isn't that bad. It just says this isn't the right place. Academia isn't the right place to have this conversation. We'll take this outside of the school and advocate for things outside of the school. Well, well, not so much academia, but like specifically you said, um, what grade levels? Kindergarten through three. However, it says when it also throws in clauses about age appropriateness. There are plenty of people who would say, hey, my kid isn't 18. I don't want you talking to my kid right. about anything. Well, yeah, anything. that's that's very subjective, too. Yeah. I would say that's uh, subjective. And because it very. opens up school districts to be sued for it. Which they're already getting sued for uh, a lot of things. Yeah. Do we really want for something that could be misconstrued as LGBT affirming or, you know, any type of speech that's in that realm, do we also want to add that to the list of things that parents can openly sue for? Because yeah. because here's the thing, the LGBT thing? Mm. Oh, that's more than enough to get a, a, a ridiculous amount of lawsuits in the hands of these oh, school absolutely. districts. And, and what does that say about those who are, op- who, who want to be openly uh, um, themselves at work? Mm-hmm. Right. Or in, 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 in these spaces that they want to be able to help introduce children to people who may live, who, who are in different relationships, who have different preferences. Right. That's, yeah, that's such a murky. It's is very, it, it, it's, it's very it's, murky. It's very murky. And, and the, I don't, yeah, uh, Bill, no Bill is going to cover that. I think a bill is just going to overcomplicate things. So now we go into the conversation. Which that's, yeah, man. Because now you, because parents now want to say, hey, I, I need to have more of a choice on what it is that my child is learning in school. In school, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which. And it, it's, it's weird. It's a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope, albeit we understand that Private schools have existed for quite some time to make sure that curriculum yeah. is specified to the customer. Because that's what you are as a parent who pays that for a private true. school. The customer, but yeah. in the public realm, my tax dollars, am I not a customer in that regard as well? That is true, too. And and here's the thing. With my taxes, that's not a choice. Yeah, your private not, school not, purchasing was a choice, yeah. It, it's more of a direct choice because some people say, well, yeah. you can choose not to pay your taxes. Um, well, I can also go to jail for it. But <laughs> but it, it's just the the whole how it works is just different because with taxes, it's like you don't you're not really aware of what you're paying for. You just know you're uh, you're told you're paying for something. But yeah. And you got to hope it's, it's that not it's the same thing. Good. It's not as an intentful purchase. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And. It, I don't know. It, it's it's. I mean, this will be my last thing I say on this matter. It's very difficult when it comes to like these liberal and conservative opinions because it's like it's like in one sense I agree with the conservative party, but I know the intent is different. Mm. When I say I agree with the conservatives, it's just like you know me. I love education. I believe that schools shouldn't be teaching very like a lot of stuff except like mathematics, science, language. And I feel like there's a lot of slack that schools have to pick up for because the family and yeah, because community the, because the parents, doesn't teach. Yeah. You get what I'm I, saying? I, no, I completely but, agree. But, but, there's but, there's but, a lot of slack that is being put on schools from people that are not uh, qualified 
and from people that should not be. They're expecting uh, teachers to uh, raise your mm-hmm. kids. And I get it. Like, a lot of parents are working. And they have to work. And they have to work. They have to They would love and, to raise uh, their kids. There, there's, there's a lot of, like, single parents out there, too. Uh, but, but you cannot expect... Well, I, I I only say that a to public, say a public system to do that for your for your child. I, I only say that to say it's like, yes, I so I have those sentiments more like conservative leaning. But I can't help but to think that not every conservative has the reasoning that we just outlined. They really feel as if this matter isn't an important matter so it shouldn't ever be talked about like anywhere like they so it, it, I don't it, I don't think they feel that it isn't an important matter I there's think some people that don't yeah there's some people that well, obviously are like transphobic and all that well I I think it's more I think it's more along the lines of like this isn't the place to talk about that or this isn't the place to like that is something best left for the home and for the families to consider, which I I sort of agree with that, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense of like it shouldn't be part of curriculum. It's just kind of weird that it's part of a. I see Darnell's point. But the the left isn't saying it should be part of curriculum. Well, no, hold the on, left hold is, on, okay. hold on. I'm not talking about right or left. I'm saying. Darnell, I see Darnell's point where it's like, I see how you can say something where it's like, this is not appropriate for schools. And a lot of people can agree with that. But where you, where you kind of screw the pooch Mm -hmm. is where you leave. What a phrase. (laughs) Where you leave the door open for litigation. Mm -hmm. Because... At this point, it's not just like this isn't appropriate for schools. You know, could be an opinion. Mm -hmm. Now it's just like it's an opinion or it's something that now can be taken to court. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not it's not like, oh, we're going to settle this is like the parent is like, well, I don't think that's appropriate for my child to be listening to. And so they go to the school, they talk to the principal, and they're like, well, we can do this for your child, and then let's come to an agreement. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like, I'm going to sue the shit out of (laughs) y'all. And now think about it. How many times and how many ways does this have to happen for for us to really realize how big of a problem that is in Florida, considering the fact Mm -hmm. that Florida underpays teachers significantly? It's a joke how much teachers get paid in this state. Let's also take into consideration the type of work environment that people who are in the LGBTQ community feel in terms of their work environment, especially when they work in, in, in the public realm when they where they feel as if they should be able to be around people who they sh- can be themselves around. Children yeah, who need to have this exposure because as a guy from a small country town in South Florida... Moving to Tampa and seeing the sheer size of the LGBTQ community up here, mm-hmm. it took a while to get adjusted to. So wait, wait. So so does this bills like with a teacher who's like gay? Would they not be able to say like let's say talk about like their boyfriend or something like that? Who well, knows? They, they, because they, they it's all, it, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be talking about it like that. Like, their personal... Whether it's, like, their boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, even if it's, like, heterosexual, you know, mm-hmm. like, private matters are not a place for a school. Exactly. But um, but oh. what I'm saying is, however, is, like, what, would it be... Co- under this bill, would it be considered inappropriate for a, a teacher to be, like... It, let's say they were teaching a second-grade class, and they were, like... Let's say they were a man. They were, like, oh, well, my... Um, I don't know... If they said, uh, partner, like, my partner, partner, my partner. <laughs> and then their kid, uh, and the kid asked like, oh, your, uh, your wife, your wife. And they and they would be like, oh no, it's actually a, a man. And then they would be like, we'll see what I'm considered what's called uh, like a homosexual. Would that be considered like 
No, no. We are. Well, no. see, some people sit and say that maybe after a certain point in that explanation to the child, it got age inappropriate. It wasn't appropriate mm-hmm. for a second grader. Yeah. You know, and 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 who and who's to say now? It's tricky. There were, I, I don't even know. There, I don't know. But there was a line that many LGBT um, educators did walk before they were com- un- mm-hmm. before the work environment became comfortable enough for them to speak about it. Mm-hmm. Now people will say, "Why would we want to go back to a uncomfortable work environment as opposed to being able to freely speak on these things or at least acknowledge their respective truths?" Yeah. But that that's such a case by case basis it because is, some is. some of them is and like that's the problem. Whether that is the problem, whether that it's is like on a case a, by case basis. So how many cases have to go yeah, to the Supreme some, Court? Mm-hmm. Some of them would be talking about shit that it's just inappropriate. Period. Mm-hmm. Like the situation you, know? you outlined. If I had a kid, I wouldn't be offended by that situation. But you know, it it, it is case by case basis. The the situation you outlined is completely fine. Um. As long, like, just answer the kid's question. You don't have to let everyone be like, you know what's really good about being gay? Like, just answer the question if, if, my, if my kid asks you that. Right, now, here's the I thing. Think, what, uh, what happens is little Johnny, little Sally goes home and sits here and say, hey, my teacher told me A, B, and C. And, and the parent immediately gets, you know, exactly. fired up about it. See, now you're talking about a situation. Does, did, does that teacher now need to have a recording with them all the time? Oh, and who, interesting. And also, yeah. who, needs to, who says that it's only el- teachers who, who are... Of the LGBT That's community, true. yeah, it yeah. could be just heteronormative teachers yeah. who speak in certain ways just so that they can be inclusive. Yeah, because guess what? There are also students who come into the classroom who want to That's feel included true. as yeah, well. True. Yeah, it's tricky. Wow, it's it's very tricky. Yeah. So why pass a bill, mm-hmm. a law, yeah. a rule? Yeah. Kind of connecting back to the previous episode yeah. that is supposed to legislate these things when we know it's not going to actually fix the problem. Of course, of course. Well, Un- because- unless we go back to a, a pre. Um, you know, repealing of the don't ask, don't tell era, mm-hmm. where it's just like, hey, don't bring it up at all. Yeah. You know, but see now, if you do that, straight couples got, or heteronormative people have to be held to that same standard. Yeah, that's true too. Wow, yeah. That's tricky. Yeah. And that's going to be legislated against. Mm-hmm. We live in America. People like to sue. <laughs> We have a tendency to overcomplicate things. Mm. And so I I just think that we want to set standards for everything. But it's, I mean, we can't, we can't run a perfect world. You know what I mean? Mm. And then all of these bills and all of these rules are just trying to make a piece, a a certain crowd of people, or maybe, like, someone got mad and then now there is done as, like, a backlash or something like that. But it's like, I, I just don't see any... Long-term solution coming out of these uh, these uh, short-term band-aids is basically what I'm saying. And you're speaking more so like on this type of bill that is being put in place? Well, uh, To kind of fight of against bill, a problem that... You're right. A bill that's being put in place that it pretty much sounds like, because of the vagueness of it, it pretty much sounds like you're just slapping a tape on like a broken window or something like that just to be like all right like whatever we're we're we fixed it you know what i mean instead of uh like really trying to get to the real questions and like something that will work over time it's like this uh, things like these aren't going to work over time they're they're going to break eventually that's fair but now we also live in the state of florida where it's a red state Solidly red state, despite how many um, progressives live in the more metropolitan areas, and in some cases the suburban areas, which is something that we can definitely talk about at another time with the massive so influx of people wait, moving into the state. I would say so, probably so, all of northern Florida. So is what? Probably what red. would uh? What? So what does this being a red state have to do with this? 
how long the actual bill stays in place. Because you got to understand when these bills are put in place and they're being challenged, they go to the state Supreme Court to be stacked up against the state constitution. And then in certain aspects, they could be elevated up to the federal level. Well, we have a conservative Supreme Court currently in place. And even with the rise of um, Kentaji Brown Jackson, Mm -hmm. um, Justice uh, um, Kentaji Brown Jackson, Kentaji Jackson Brown, (laughs) even even with her being uh, um, elevated, it's still going to be an overwhelming 6-3 majority conservative to progressive. Or... If for those who are more technical on the whole matter, a moderate, um, five um, strictly conservatives, and then you have your three progressives. With that being the case, I wouldn't be surprised if that Supreme Court kicks the the ruling that was passed by a conservative Florida State Supreme Court. They say, "Hey, their ruling stands." Who's to say? That's the value of the courts. The courts have final say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. I, I look at, at this bill, and I haven't done too much research about it, but I don't think this is an interesting one where I don't think it benefits either side. What's the... Uh, like, what's, oh, it, it, it benefits Ron DeSantis as an individual, though. What's the? I, yes, I want to. That's I, the play. I get Let's what you're not saying. forget that that's this guy play. went to yeah. to to Harvard and Yale. So you're saying that's the play behind this? Okay, okay, that I makes wanna, sense. Come on, this, this guy's strategic. I want to yeah. hear about that, but I want to hear about that. But I I really want to consider what is the extreme? What is the equal opposite on the other side? Uh, in which this? sense? As in. The people that support this bill, what is the argument of the people that are against it? What would, you know what I mean? People against it. Not exactly. Word it differently. So, the people that support this bill, Mm -hmm. the idea that they have in mind is like, my child is not going to be hearing about these things you know, until they're ready or they're going to hear about it from their family or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's technically just saying that parents can have more control over. I think that's why the people that like they want so, a jockey for so, more control. So what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, what I'm exactly. saying is the people that oppose this bill, what is it that they want to be able to do? Sue. Well, the, uh, the people uh, that oppose the bill. Oh, who oppose the yeah, bill? What is yeah. it that they want to be able to do in the school system that this bill is barring them from doing? Have the freedom to not get sued for it and maybe yeah. not even lose your job. Because think about it as someone who is either LGBTQ or LGBTQ affirming. Mm-hmm. You trying to be accommodating for people or accommodating for other students who tend who identify as LGBT, you want to be able to openly acknowledge them without potentially opening your school to lawsuit, your district to lawsuit, mm-hmm. which may open you to being fired. And what, do, what do we mean by openly acknowledge them? And using the affirming words. And and that's like why saying I, gay, lesbian, transsexual, calling someone they, calling someone who identifies as a she, she, calling someone who identifies as so he, he. It, does this have to do with pronouns? Among I mean, other yes, things, there's so exactly. many. There's so many other things that go along with it. And that's why I was saying to you earlier. It's like it sucks that I sort of do understand and agree with the bill, but it it, it sucks that you know that there are people that are on your side that are just transphobic. And that, that's like the, the, the little weird situation. Who will pick and choose on an individual basis what could well, be age inappropriate or offensive. Right. Well, what I'm saying is, well, then this bill is kind of like a wash. Like, uh, it's, it's not really doing anything. Oh, yeah. But I, I looking like it's doing it, something. But in Florida, all it takes is for one lawsuit to get filed. Mm-hmm. On the basis, on the backs of this bill. And it, it can potentially open the floodgates for multiple lawsuits now. Mm-hmm. Now you have a conundrum where there's a backlog in the courts 
to deal with this specific mess that comes from a, a mess of a, of a bill that didn't have to be created to begin with. Yeah, you very much think like a businessman because that's not a, any that's not what I was thinking about in a sense. But I absolutely agree with you now that you just said those words. I have a different okay. problem with it, but yeah, I, I mean, and that's not even thinking from um from the perspective of a businessman. That's just like thinking a, just how yeah. how bureaucracy works, yeah, how like, the government works. Yeah, like a, it's already backlogged as is. We want to add more to the backlog. Yeah, that all that does is just ensure that less things get done anyway. Efficiency, business, man. Yeah. Well, well uh, I mean, if if you, if you want to pick up efficiency, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in terms of just the government not working for the people. Yeah. That that's that's what I was saying. Is like all of these bills try to do more, but they do less. Yeah, welcome that's to American the, yeah, government. Exactly, welcome to American government. That's how we this, can, that, that's how this it, whole thing works. Right there. There's no reason why $1,400 payments to you, me, and you <laughs> took took a couple hundred pages in order for me to get one check that was, oh, yeah, direct deposited anyway, if, yeah. if for those who were able to receive it. You know what I mean? Like, there, there, there's always this extra red tape and all this other stuff that gets put into place in order to overcomplicate these things. Otherwise, how are attorneys going to... How are... How are we going to justify why people pay two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars to go to law school, mm-hmm. other than making it comp- so complicated that it costs two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars to go to law school in order for you to understand it? That's true. Well, I mean, yeah, that's really tin foil hat, but I'm, I'm just saying. You're giving me an interesting perspective right now. Interesting. I just very I, interesting. Well, yeah, I just think all of this lies in the fact that people want other people to think the way that they do. Yeah, welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the whole point of language. Yeah, is to be able but, to convey but, your well, ideas that you that you have to someone else, and and hopefully be well, able no, no, to no, convince no, them. Not, not just not just convey, but people want you to think that the mm. way that they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh yeah, it's that's like, propaganda. And but what I'm saying is, it's on marketing. Both, it's on both sides. It's on conservative both sides, yeah. and liberal. That's very fair. You know what I mean? Because you could have some uh, some person, a teacher, saying very inappropriate thing, things to a kid, and they're like, well, that's not inappropriate. And it's like, well, that's not for you to decide. Mm-hmm. Or you could have on the other side a parent saying, well, that w- was inappropriate for my kid. And, is, and while a general consensus of reasonable people would be like, that was not inappropate at all. It's like, well, I'm going like, to see you. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> how else you, are you going to figure it out? Like, where does the line get drawn and how do you determine where, when that line gets drawn? You got to sue for it. Right. And that's why so, I'm saying, like, the bill doesn't really do anything for anybody. Because you could have sued prior sides. to anyway. All it does, all it really does is just opened up, the, opened up the highway. It opened up the expressway. All it does is screw the school system even more. Welcome to Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our podcast. I just want to take a moment to thank everyone that took a listen and is currently supporting what we are doing here. It really means the world to us. Once again, you can find us on Instagram at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. And also, you can follow us on Twitter at The Grown Table, all lowercase, one word. Godspeed.